This is the Northern Guides to Happiness. Welcome to episode 42 in this current series of the podcast. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far and welcome if you're just joining us. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Chris and Kath. Hello. Hello. Hi there. We meet again. We meet how again. are you? We've been expecting <laughs> you. Fine. We're just about remembering how to do this after, you know, we, we had a break uh, a little while ago and we're, we're sort of uh, bringing episodes as and when we can but uh, we are here again amazing how easy you forget <laughs> quite easy for us anyway yeah, yeah. we get getting to bad habits and naughty behavior wonderfully well behaved all the time our cat's always well behaved yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I've made> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> what have you been up to chris Oh, all sorts of stuff. I learned how to do a new thing the other day, which I, I, I'm kind of excited about. Nobody else listening to this will be, but I'm going to make people listen to it just because. Oh, this isn't a. This is the power thing, of being having having a podcast microphone in front of you. Because um, <laughs> during lockdown, one of the things that I did was I, I spent rather too much money on like musical equipment because I like sort of musical gadgets and musical instruments and so on. But I've kind of been sitting here at it, going, I don't really know what to do, um, and I discovered this YouTube video. Um, that shows you how to do this technique where you can go out into the into the outside world and record sounds around you. So it might be the sound of um, the wind in the trees. Uh, it might be the sound of the water and the River Tyne or something like that, or just the sound of murmur of people talking and so on. But if you've got the right um, software, what you can do is you can turn that into a musical instrument. So you kind of strip out all the frequencies that you don't want and you boost all the ones that you do and you can turn it into like musical notes. And then put it in something else that means you can play it on a keyboard so you're you're going out and you're finding real sounds and you're turning them into um instruments that you can play and it's just it's just remarkable uh, almost the, the sound that you get at the end of it isn't really recognizable from what you started with but it's got a little character to it that is you know born of what it was that you recorded and i, I just love it it's great where i was in a meeting today at work uh, online and somebody had the plumber in and the plumber was was taking up floorboards in the in the bathrooms. I had one of these kind of massive circular saws. It was hugely noisy. So I was like, "Well, just record that, record that." So she, she got this <laughs> awful, awful sound of you know ten seconds of this saw going madly, and, and kind of sent it through. And I sort of created a little little instrument out of it, and sort of played her a tune. And so, that's that's good. So yeah, learning new things. This is really relevant to the to the lovely interviewee that we've got. It is, here. isn't <laughs> it? You planned it, Chris, I'm Funny sure. Funny happens, isn't it? Oh, well, I'm glad you've been playing nicely, Chris. Uh, yeah, yeah, keeping out of trouble. That's what we like to hear. What about you, Kath? Uh, I've had a, a, a transport-related few days. Oh. Um, mm. I've, been, I've been walking a lot, well, for a while now, but I recently had to go on a the longest car journey I've I've made for quite a few months, probably, mm. which, which wasn't hugely long, but but long, and uh, I really enjoyed it because I like driving, <laughs> and I I had this conscience thing of environment and fumes and diesel and how much it costs because it's eye watering, but at the end of it, I think you know I really like I like driving, <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yes, I had a lovely, a lovely couple of hours. Where'd you go? And it was in a good cause. I went up to uh, Corbridge and then up the A68, isn't it? Yeah, mm. over to concert. And uh, so I've been, I was at a meeting which entails driving up the most beautiful avenue of sequoia trees. Oh, I know it. World. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you get that at the, the end of your journey. Yeah. And then when you come back, you're thinking about all the things you talked about when you were there. So, and we've got homemade biscuits as well. <laughs> Even better. Mm. <laughs> so, so yeah, but the, the driving thing was, was just yeah. nice. But car's back in the garage now, so it'll stay there, have a little rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my thing is also driving related because, yeah, we've been starting to sort of get, get Binky off the drive, oh. our... Uh, trying to think now 45 year old vw camper van so uh, yes we we got her off the drive been taken around round the block just to make sure she's uh ticking over because uh, she spent most of last summer in the garage mm, how's she doing uh, and she she's pretty good actually there's there's life in the old girl yet definitely old so uh, yeah. getting getting all all excited about hopefully booking a few uh a few camping trips staying local probably mm. sort of stick to sort of Northumberland and, and Yorkshire but yes get a few weekends booked in and, and uh, get away camping in a oh that sounds heaven doesn't it yeah yeah so uh, looking forward to a few camping trips I hope well on that note shall we introduce this week's guest interview yeah this week's episode is with Bridie Jackson who is a musician composer and creative practitioner based here in the northeast it was lovely to talk to Bridie about her process of uncovering personal stories and her approach to co-production with communities, as well as what inspires her when she's writing her music. A fabulous interview, so enough of me talking, here's Bridie. A very warm welcome to the Northern Guides to Happiness. Thank you for joining me. How are you oh, today? I'm really good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our chat. Good. It's been a long time coming because we've, uh, we've been sort of chatting for a little while on email and then we, we caught up uh, recently to kind of prepare for this interview. So yeah, it's great that uh, we're finally talking to each other. We've both got our matching blue snowflake microphones <laughs> looking professional. Yes. We are very uh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything happened to you recently that's maybe brought a little bit of happiness uh, into your life? Oh, you know what? I think there probably has. This is going to sound like very silly and sappy, but um, <laughs> there's a cherry blossom tree right outside my window where I'm like, and I look at it all the time because I'm working from home, as so many people are a lot of the time at the moment. And um, yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful because like sporadically, it's just that does that amazing thing where it looks like it's snowing. Aww. And there's also these amazing, like hilarious, huge fat pigeons that just precariously like balance on the branches <laughs> and then occasionally fall asleep and then fall off. And it, it's it's yeah. So that that makes me happy <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. <laughs> it does feel like spring is finally arriving, isn't it? Is it is it white blossom or pink blossom? It's or? white yeah, yeah yeah so it properly looks like snow it's, it's nice. amazing yeah nice. we've got a pretty spectacular blossom tree on our street as well i know it's not it's not called a blossom tree is it it's just a tree uh, oh, but the blossom's pretty pretty oh 
I don't know. Is it not? Is it not cherry blossom? Have I made? Have I made that? No, up? I think cherry blossom is a thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a botanist or anything. <laughs> if any experts, if any gardeners are listening, please, please, please yeah, yeah, let us do. know. T- tweet and tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, would you mind just introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so hello listeners. Um, I am Bridie, I'm a musician and a happy northerner. Those are probably the two main features of, of, of me. And I, I, I'm lots of other things as well. I, I do lots of different things. I'm a teacher and I really care about activism and social justice. I really like stupid dancing and I'm a runner and an avid listener to the Archers and I also do satirical doodling for fun. I live sort of it's just a it's just a silly little hobby I have where I listen to the news and try and interpret it through the medium of of cartoon. So that's probably me in a little nutshell. <laughs> I love how you define yourself as a happy northerner. What does <laughs> what does that mean, happy northerner? <laughs> it means you know what it means loads of things. I mean, I think ultimately it means I'm very happy to be from here. I think it's a, a gorgeous, amazing part of the world. A little bit unsung, and perhaps there's some there are some unfortunate stereotypes and stigma, um, which are I would say mostly untrue. And I think also I've. I've had a very happy life here. And also, it seems like everyone that visits here goes, oh, wow, it's amazing. Mm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, why don't you move here? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Fine for a holiday. So, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, but we don't want people to, no, we, we want people to, yeah. What's that, what's that phrase that was around a little while? You know, that politician, I can't even remember who it was, who said it was grim up north. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to live there. Everybody it's a horrible says place. This, and I, yes. I, 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 I just, I just don't, I don't buy it, frankly. <laughs> we want to keep our beaches to ourselves. <laughs> They're horrible beaches. Horrible, don't come. Disgusting, <laughs> awful beaches. Dreadful, dour people. Don't come here. <laughs> no culture whatsoever. Yes. But you know what? You, t- you say culture, and, and that's another reason why I'm so happy to, to live and work here, because the culture is very vibrant and very specific. It has such a strong identity all of its own. A, a real commitment, I think, to collaborative working and also to taking big swings and doing really ambitious interesting weird things it feels like no matter how niche a person's idea is in the the northeast which is the bit i know the best they they find a way of making it happen (laughs) and finding other people that want to do it too and i just think that's pretty cool to be honest i think that's something we're we're pretty good at up here isn't it is that collaboration and working together and yeah yeah finding an idea and, and, and making a way for that idea to, to happen and, and, and yeah. come about, whether it's, yeah, in the theatre or photography or, you know, making stuff. There's, yeah, yeah. there's, there's just ways and, and means for it to happen up here. I, I, yeah, I don't know what it is. That, that... I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's, it, I mean, God, we're, sad, we're sort of waxing lyrical. Probably so <laughs> annoying for anyone, anyone that's not from the North East is like, oh, would they just stop wanging on about the North? But it is brilliant. <laughs> and I think maybe part of it is, you know, a slight lack of, um, you know, resources. And so people have to be super creative to make things happen. 
and that involves working with other people and being really resourceful so I do think that's part of it and I think one I also wonder if when you're not being constantly watched you are freer in your output mm, and perhaps that's there's interesting. an element of that mm. too you're like well no one's gonna know so I'm <laughs> gonna do this really weird thing over here um I don't know but whatever it is I'm into it and yeah we're we're both glad to be here in the north so tell me a little bit about what you've been working on recently then you know we've talked we've we've talked about collaboration what sort of stuff have you been up to recently and and has it made you happy so I mean there's there's different there's some things I do in a fairly regular beat way um one of which is running a community choir which I'm musical director for and I do that every week and it's totally glorious and I'm very proud of it and them for having a very kind of open and generous spirit and actually for sounding really beautiful you know they work really hard and that means they sound really beautiful they're very inclusive like whoever whoever turns up they will be made welcome and it's beautiful environment to work in but then I also I have lots of different bits and bobs that I do I'm a bit of a multi-hyphenate but um the, the project that I've just just finished literally a few days ago is um a sound piece uh, with an amazing visual artist called Bethan Maddox and the piece is called Bees Bees Hark to Your Bees hmm. and it's part of an exhibition series called A Northumberland Menagerie. Uh, it was commissioned by Museums Northumberland but this specific piece is at Woodhorn Museum and the piece explores a lot of different themes including things like collective working, community and environment but the key sort of central theme of it is um, an ancient tradition called telling the bees which I had never heard of until I was commissioned to make this piece of work but basically the, the, the central idea of it is that people beekeepers for hundreds of years would tell their bees news of uh, important sort of milestones in their lives so for example if somebody if a baby was born or um, if somebody got married, but then also if, if you know, the other side of life, if someone was very ill or, or died, mm. they would also share that news. And it was a way of honouring those important moments of life and safeguarding them. And so part of the piece was interviewing lots of beekeepers and finding out about this tradition, finding out if they were still doing it. And I'm very happy to report it is still live and well and people right. still people still do it, which I've is I've never just... heard of that either. That's fascinating. I know. Um, and going sort of, again, on the theme of happiness, spending a couple of months chatting to really kind of environmentally conscious, lovely, interesting, down-to-earth people was a total joy because you know from from what i can gather beekeepers are very much a type and that type is something i can get on board with and so the piece itself is lots and lots of little snippets of interviews with these amazing people and then i wrote a whole load of music inspired by the themes that came up in those interviews which are then which is then entwined it to make a kind of 10 minute piece of music so that's that's what i've just finished working on and hot off the press yeah hot off the press indeed yeah Fabulous. it did get i don't know if you get this it did get to the point where i'd spent so many months listening to it my my ears just got really objectionable about it and i just was like i can't bear to listen to this one more time <laughs> so i'm gonna take a, a few weeks or months before i go and actually see the piece in situ i think <laughs> I think when you're kind of producing any kind of copy, if you do it, whether it's a book or, you know, I've done a few little publications for projects that we've worked on. And, and I think eventually you just you just see what you want to see, don't you? And yeah, yeah you're just not really 
copy you know proofreading it at all because he's like oh. yeah it's definitely yeah. smelt right and then it goes to print and you're like oh oh no no there's yes. an extra t in that <laughs> once it's gone to print i don't look at it again because i don't want to know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i just don't yeah. want to know <laughs> and then you start saying things like is it on all of them oh <laughs> oh yeah mm. funny that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so how yeah. did you get into uh, sort of music and performing? Was it something that you'd always wanted to do or was it something that you just kind of fell into, came across? Well, I guess I think one of the biggest privileges in my life, I think, is that I always had music at my disposal from the, the beginning, the beginning of life. And my dad is a musician as well. And so it was very natural to me that I would communicate through music and that I would mm-hmm. make sense of the world through music and that I would then make a living through music and so I sort of vaguely dabbled with a few other things but I always kept coming back to, to music in the end and I guess just expanding on that as I got older so you know I think I you know initially I did just want to be a songwriter and a performer but then I got really really interested in teaching and facilitating working with people doing having a sort of socially engaged practice running projects in schools and things like that and increasingly kind of moving into composing and like working for theatres and making sound pieces and I guess just expanding from there and figuring out how to help other people be creative as well which is something that's you know immensely important to me um so I guess yeah it's something I've always done but I think in recent years have expanded on more which is really yeah. exciting and performing as well obviously that's something I've always done to varying degrees we yeah. talked a little bit in our sort of pre-interview chat didn't we about the our, our different approaches to kind of uncovering stories yeah. and, and you know I, I use um sort of a digital storytelling technique which is a, a community engagement um way of, of working with with communities to help them tell stories help uncover stories that haven't been told before give people a platform using digital technology whether that's ipads or, or computers or smartphones now and you're doing a similar thing with music and it was just we, we had a really interesting sort of pre-interview again we should have recorded it but you know but we, <laughs> never <Yeah>. mind <laughs> um but i thought it was interesting you know that you know exploring untold stories but just in different ways and i, yeah. I, I love that description of the you know talking to the bees is a, is a great example of that isn't it yeah i absolutely i loved i loved our pre-interview chat and it was really wonderful to hear about digital storytelling from your perspective and I think it is a really great way of unearthing really interesting stories that haven't perhaps received the attention that they deserve and I think music's a brilliant way of coaxing a a listener in to sort of perhaps listen to something that maybe they wouldn't have heard of before or perhaps would never have engaged with or thought of before Mm. but then you put some you create some music and then that catches people's ears and before they know it they're immersed in this really fantastic interesting story that they'd never considered in before so I do think it's really powerful in that respect yeah we we interviewed ed war a few uh weeks ago and similar he he uses you know writing plays and 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 put you know putting those plays on the stage as a way of raising awareness of those untold stories in history predominantly of of northern people whether it's um bella ray or harry harry clasper the the rower as well he talked about and and so i think that's another great thing that the the north the cultural sector in the north is so good at isn't it is using different creative techniques to help uncover people's stories and enable people to tell 
their story in the way that they want it to be told. Yeah. Um, is, is that something that you get pleasure from, happiness, enjoyment from? From from that thing of storytelling? Or... Yeah, yeah. Oh, like so, so much. And I think, yes, I mean, I'm just massively curious and I guess you could just say I'm really, really nosy and I just love listening to people ramble on about whatever the thing that they're most interested in is because it's it's a joy and it's a privilege and I think it's interesting because a lot of people will say oh I don't I don't have a story I don't have anything interesting to say and, and you're like oh really though but aren't you really interested in rugby though and, and, or whatever it is you know and then they're just suddenly talking with just immense passion and poetry about the thing that they care about and it's uh, amazing it's just blooming yeah. amazing yeah. yeah so yeah it's something I'm super interested in doing more of and I think yeah a develop developing that all of the different skills that are required to create this type of work which I, I've, I've sort of been calling them docu songs because mm-hmm. I, cause it's that is sort of it's like a tiny little miniature documentary but but in musical form but yes it's it does bring me joy definitely <laughs> yeah yes I remember um years ago I, I worked at the Grange in Throckley and, and we 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 ran a project which combines digital storytelling with ceramics and very similar to you I'd be talking to to the elders at the Grange and they'd be going oh, you don't you don't want to talk to me you want to talk to so and so and then you'd find out that they you know they flew Spitfires during World War Two, or yeah. um, although you know slightly controversial, they built nuclear. They were involved in building nuclear power plants, or um, you know, I met one woman called Alice who uh, she was celebrating her one hundredth birthday, so we we did a, a, a digital story with her, and she she took evacuees in during the war, the Second World War. You often hear stories of evacuees but not the people that took them in. And just her story was just in- incredible. So yes, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, yeah, people are often very modest, aren't they? In, in terms yeah. of, you know, but then when you get talking to them and just, as you say, just going, oh, didn't you do this? Or aren't yeah. you interested in that? And just sort of slowly teasing people. And I'm never, I, people never cease to amaze me as far as, you know, what, what stories they have. Um, yeah. And so it's great to be able to, yeah get those stories told and recorded in, in whatever way that's through music or, or, or whatever. Yeah, it is. it is. Is music somewhere you find happiness then? Yes, it it definitely is. Although not, not just happiness. I think it's probably more wide scoping than that. It basically helps me deal with the full spectrum of, <laughs> I guess, of the human condition and all of the feelings that come with that. In that, yes, it mm-hmm. does bring me huge happiness, particularly around connecting with others and making music with others but I think also when I'm sad and I need to deal with whatever it is that's making me sad I just need to listen to really beautiful really sad music and you know it does that thing where it breaks your heart and puts it back together and I think it's yeah so it's definitely good for that too and when you're a bit grumpy listening to different types of music can really help you or when you just need a bit of a lift and I think yeah, so for me, it's it's a very it's a shortcut way into all of my all of the feelings, <laughs> mm, <laughs> all of yeah. them. Yeah, we've. I mean, this podcast is the Northern Guides to Happiness, but you know, we we fully acknowledge that we can't talk about happiness all the time. You have yeah. to address the grumpiness, the yeah. sadness, the you know. We, we've talked to people about uh, depression as well, and mm. and and mental health, and 
it's important to recognize that you it's not possible to be happy all the time no. you have to experience the lows to then appreciate the, the higher moments as well so it's yeah. interesting that yeah that you you use music to as you say help deal with all of the emotions yes and i i mean i think i think a lot of people do i think mm. um i mean going again back to the choir that i lead you know there will be weeks when and particularly in lockdown when we did carry on but on zoom which is a very weird experience but um (laughs) but you know there there would be weeks when everybody would turn up and everyone would be really sad and really scared and confused and worried and uh, unresolved as so many of us were during that very difficult time and you know we're there to sort of seek solace and i think that's very important and very powerful isn't it definitely and how's the choir going now are you back to kind of face-to-face stuff now how's that yeah so we're back to -to face-to-face stuff it's still like a massive novelty (laughs) it's still like trying to remember how to act in public (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you're like oh so oh i can't turn up in my pajamas oh okay so (laughs) no it's it's lovely and it is still such a it is such a novelty still like just having voices all together and mm. you know that kind of the power that happens when people create a sort of sense of unity through singing it's really powerful and amazing and leveling because in that moment you're you're all part of something bigger than yourself and you will have to you know you will have to be sensitive and responsive to others and it's yeah it's a really good way of acting as a as a as a as a, as a group as a, as a unit really yeah, yeah, so it's it's great, yeah. great to be back together. Yeah. yeah, I mean Zoom was great. I mean Zoom pulled it out the bag, didn't they? I mean who oh. who'd heard of Zoom before? I know. Do you feel a bit? I feel this? a bit. I feel a bit sorry for Skype though. Do you remember Skype? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Skype, yeah. Skype. That's so two thousand and five. I don't know. It's just <laughs> poor Skype. But the, yeah, but yeah, Zoom was brilliant. Yeah, it, it was great. But you know, as you say, it just wasn't wasn't the same as sort of face to face stuff. It was you know it was a, it was a great way to kind of fill the gap I suppose but uh, yeah. I was meeting people in real life and I was so used to seeing them 2D on a screen it took me a little while to work out you know yeah. and if they came in in a mask as well it'd be like trying to work out who people were it was a yeah. very strange time it was a very strange time and I think like you say it was brilliant for kind of filling the gaps and keeping things moving but I for one I think I realised something about myself which is that technology makes my it does make my empathy levels lower a little bit and I think I'm automatically compassionate in a room with people you know because you know you can be breathing and the, the whatever weird human stuff happens when you're in a room together but I think taking that away it is harder to the engage. dynamics are different yeah, yeah and it's harder to automatically empathize with someone and to even if when you don't necessarily agree it's it's i think when you're in a room with people it's easy to dive straight into that and to you know find common ground and i think online on zoom i think we all perhaps found that a bit harder i certainly Mm. did yeah Mm. yeah so where do you find happiness in your work then you know is it is it in the process itself so you know work working on a project you know from you know at the beginning to to the end or you know is it the achievement of the end product whether it's a performance or you know an installation or is it in people's reactions is it a bit of everything you know where, where what's what's the moment for you where you you kind of feel yeah this is good oh that's such a good question yes i haven't really thought about that i think i think i 
definitely feel maybe it's not exactly happiness but it's something very important happens when I'm trying to figure out something that's really hard <laughs> like this, I think it's, it's just really good for your well-being isn't it being doing hard things that are outside of your comfort zone so I think at the beginning of a project when I'm trying to figure out how to make a thing work that's really good for my well-being and happiness so I think that's that's exciting also very frustrating when you're trying to mm. join the dots and all of that um you know but it's it is your brain feels happy and healthy I think during that period of that up, problem solving struggle yeah definitely yeah. definitely I think yeah. when other people get involved that's really wonderful and it feels just really exciting when you know when other people are involved and having a having a really great experience because of that and then I think other parts of my work fulfill in different ways like performing live I think you do you hear a lot of people at the moment talking about flow state don't you mm. which I think I yeah I sort of wondered what that was and sort of tried to apply it to my own life and I guess it I think the, isn't the official definition something like when challenge and competence meet it's like the sweet spot between challenge and ability and yeah. you know it's like they're fighting to stay balanced and I think I get that when I perform form because you've got to keep the wheels spinning haven't you otherwise mm-hmm. it all just <laughs> topples over and I think that's that's a really really exciting great feeling yeah I've, we've talked to a couple of people around yeah around performing in different ways and, and people often refer to kind of I guess a sort of retrospective happiness so you might be feeling really kind of nervous yeah. at the time and during the performance but then you kind of afterwards think oh that was a really great experience yeah um is that something you experience or are, are you happy in the moment oh that's again oh these blooming questions sorry you know, sorry. You, should, you know what you should do you should you should run you should run a podcast <laughs> oh, okay I'll, I'll give that a go <laughs> um you i don't know it's funny it's so i always used to be a very in the moment person like either in the moment or just a little bit in the future but then again, I think that's the thing that lockdown changed and I started to understand the enjoyment of like the, the real kind of like f- sort of properly like physical joy of, of nostalgia. And, and mm. actually it is really fun. And, you know, to kind of that thing, you can really relish memories, can't you? And that's not something I'd ever, ever engaged with before. But yeah, that kind of idea of look, thinking back on something, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that was... That was really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like me, me and my me and my fella do this thing. It's very cheesy, but it's very fun. Where we we write, we've got a little a little jar of like it, memories, basically, and we fill them in all through the year. We don't let the other one see what we've put, and then we open it on New Year's Eve, um, and we go, oh yeah, nice. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that, that picnic we had in the rain on you know <laughs> whatever. Um, and obviously, a lot of those of last year for me were about work things and it was really lovely reading back on remembering that in the moment feeling I had you know when I'd done a commission and it had gone really well or you know I'd had a really exciting day working in a school and you know so yeah I think it is a a new a new thing but a really pleasant thing that kind of looking back and feeling yeah feeling nostalgic and happy during lockdown I did some uh one second videos of my two daughters doing homeschooling I do I do like a whole week and they're starting to pop they were popping up on my Facebook memories a little while ago 
and honestly it felt like another lifetime ago but when you kind of look back at them doing doing joe wicks every morning you know (laughs) sitting sitting at the kitchen table doing you know their maths homework or you know there's there's intimate you know there's uh, little snips of me making a cup of coffee on the on the coffee machine you know just caffeine to get me through you know but it's actually as you say it's i mean it was intense Mm. and you know i've not properly you know, I think digested and re- reflected properly on on twenty twenty, um, but it's been quite nice to see these videos again and yes. and see what the girls were up to because yeah. it, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and also not yeah. not just a not just a lifetime ago, but such a weird isolated time where which was totally unrelated to anything we'd done before, which mm. makes makes it makes it feel very different again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Have there been any standout moments in your working life as far as happiness? Have there been any particular projects that you've worked on that have particularly oh. stood out for you? Yes, there's been a couple. I did a really fab project a few years ago with an amazing organisation called Streetwise Opera. I don't know if you've heard of them. But yes, they, I have. You yes, have? Yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, they, yeah. They work with adults who have been affected by homelessness and they use music as a way of increasing sense of pride and development of skills and sort of yes also friendship and you know all of that and I wrote a tiny little opera with them um, which was hilarious because I've never written an opera before or since Um, and it was just a kind of amazing and wild experience because I I didn't I'd never done work like that before I'd never met these people before um, they were so open and open-hearted about doing art and sharing their experiences and putting that into the art and you know without any kind of there was very little reservation about sort of mm. just throwing themselves into this process which I found really yeah. really inspiring and yeah really like I have never forgotten it I've never forgotten that just sort of totally kind of open attitude that they had to making art um so that that was really exciting we made a piece called the river keeper and so that was yeah a real a real like proper highlight a really amazing amazing experience and then I think a bit more recently, I did a project with a group of young autistic musicians called Orchestra. Um, and I think the reason it's so standout is it was it happened during lockdown, and it was when obviously we were all really struggling with feeling a lack of connection with others and figuring out how on earth can we make connection happen, even though there's suddenly all these barriers. And I was commissioned to write an anthem with them to finish Summer Streets Festival 2020. And again, they were just so open to trying new ways of working. They were entirely un sort of un yeah, unabashed by just having a go at different things. And we composed together mostly online, sending bits of music to each other back and forth and managed to sort of create a piece together. And then there was it was one of those weird times where there's suddenly funny little loopholes and you can do loads of stuff. Yeah. So it was literally like a day we all got together and recorded this piece in a, in a studio. Um, and then that was it. We couldn't see each other again because the rules changed <laughs> again. <laughs> um, but it was just this really glorious moment of packing in lo- lots of connection because we knew we only had that window. But it was, yeah, just amazing to, to, to be 
to to be involved gave you a focus i guess if there was as you said this this yeah. limited window of opportunity to do it yeah, yeah great and, and also the other thing about it was really fun is that we we just wrote this banging pop tune which i've never again i've never written a pop tune before i like most of my music is ever so down oh, so you've done an opera and, once you've done yeah. a pop pop song once that's yeah. it you're done. i'm not quite sure what, <laughs> what, what what shall i attempt next i'm not sure yeah exactly but I, yeah bit of techno maybe oh, yeah. I don't know. a bit of like artful electronica maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um but again i think both of those things the thing that links them is is that sense of connection and of yeah learning about people through making music with them which is yeah you know just a brilliant thing and is that where you get your inspiration from then that that connecting with people working off them and their their stories is, is that where you get inspiration from or do you get inspiration elsewhere i think really depends i think if it's a commission and if it's about if the commission is about working with people then absolutely it's about finding out what makes them tick and what they want to share about themselves and what skills they want to use or what things they want to be encouraged to develop but if it's just me doing my you know gig stuff that's different and then that is Mm -hmm. sort of i feel like within that i can call on other inspirations you know and any of my own inspirations but then sort of historically my gigging when I do my thing as a solo artist that's more it's more about me figuring out what I think about stuff through the medium of writing songs and then making other people pay for the privilege of hearing (laughs) of of hearing me like ramble on about what I think about the world Um, and then thank you very much that's ten (laughs) pounds So what have you been rambling on about at the moment, you know, recently? <laughs> In my songs. Yeah. Um, so, oh, God, so, um, well, there's been a few recently that I've been writing. There, um, I've, I wrote one that totally just, literally just fell out of me, which never happens normally. Normally it takes ages for me to figure out what I think, but I wrote a song about not understanding somewhat people but loving them anyway and sort of which to me is kind of the ultimate love isn't it when you you kind of you don't really understand why somebody's doing what they're doing but you kind of decide that maybe you don't need to understand and you can Mm -hmm. just love them fiercely and freely and so that's that's what I've that's something I've literally just finished really really recently yeah but i think i think like so many people i've been obviously deeply affected by what's going on on the global stage Mm -hmm. um and i've been definitely wanting to engage with that and write about that because i i think really i just feel intensely lucky and i it's not a luck that it's not good fortune that's been earned it's totally random and i just feel yeah like there's a lot about that I probably want to say when I've worked it out but <laughs> yeah 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 so tell me more then about the process of uncovering those untold stories you know how do, how do you do it well it's still something I'm actively developing and learning about mm. because there's lots of different ways of doing it as as you know there's as, as yeah. we were discussing before there's the, the sort of digital storytelling angle but there's kind of oral histories and there's like lots of different ways into it But I think for me, it's a combination of finding out the thing that you want to know about and perhaps trying to develop some fairly pertinent questions that also people are going to want to answer. I think that's important. But then also creating enough 
space so that people can roam free and be quite free range and say what's on their minds. But and I also think time, just time is so important, isn't it? To develop yeah. trust and figure out what kind of interaction you have between yourselves, like anything that's, yeah, I think that's just so crucial, isn't it? And the more of that, the more time you have for, for that type of thing, the better, really. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Time is the one thing, yeah, yeah, that you always wish you had more of. And often, as you say, if you're working on a commissioned piece, you know, if there's limited funding, then then sometimes there isn't perhaps as much time that that you'd like to spend on it. You know, the more the more time, the better. Because really, as you say, people are want you know you're you're wanting people to tell you know very personal stories about themselves. Often, they're yeah. not just going to want to do that to a complete random stranger. You have to build that rapport and. Yeah those relationships with people don't you so yeah no I'm yeah definitely with you on that one and I think the the other side of it which I'm always thinking about is the morality of it because Mm. taking people's stories to then turn into art it has to be co-creative and it has to be something that everyone involved feels really happy and proud of yeah yeah and it's as soon as you get even the slight hint hint that it's not or that something's not sitting right in your head you have to really stop and examine that what what am I doing am am I doing this wrong and did I ask something I shouldn't have asked or did I not honor that person and so I think that's that process is something I'm always actively challenging in my practice and making sure that I kind of keep going back to people and going are you happy with this and is that what you meant and you know making sure that and also making sure that people know the process the whole way through that just because they've told you something that's really important to them it might not make it into the, the final piece but I think as long as people understand that and feel respected they don't mind I think it's when it becomes a when it feels like it's a shock that's when it's not okay yeah yeah um, and I think understanding what people want to get out of it themselves and being really let, letting them be really honest about that you know and that everyone has different reasons for doing what they do so I think yeah for, for me it's kind of all of all of those things that I think about when I'm compiling how to make a, a docu song or a sound piece. Yeah, yeah, I agree definitely. When you think about happiness, what do you think about? Is it something you think much about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think about it in terms of. I, I think I think about it in a foundational way. I think about it in sort of. If I was building a house, what would I need? And I, that's definitely how I see it sort of that some of it's foundational and you just need to put things in a certain place and connect them to other things so that they build really strongly and so I think about it in that in terms of what do I need do I need, oh, I need a bit more of that and a bit less of that and <laughs> so yeah definitely I that's how I, I think about it as like a, a, a foundation that, that needs a little bit of work doing to it all the time <laughs> so what's your what's your foundation then what is it that you need then for, for happiness well, it's really it's really interesting because I I think a lot of it may when I discovered the five ways to well-being, which is um, a sort of a essentially it's a piece of research that was created by I think it was the Economic Foundation or I think I think it was I apologize if I'm wrong about that um, to basically try to figure out, you know, create data around how, what makes people happy. And there's sort of five components of it, which is connection, being active, taking notice, learning and giving. Mm. and to be honest I think if we do all of those five things a bit we're probably going to be all right or we're definitely going to be better than we were if we didn't do those things yeah (laughs) 
But I think also, I'm, I do think, again, I, just by pure chance and luck, I am a person that just has a natural capacity for deep joy and that I'm, I'm naturally just hugely excitable, which, you know, is... I'm just very lucky you know it takes almost nothing for me to like be leaping with you know just, just you know leaping about being delighted but I think also and also you know that's not true for everybody it's but I, mm-hmm. I do I just I'm very excitable and I'm find often really small things very very wonderful so like what <laughs> what what makes you what makes you jump about well, with excitement like li- like literally the, the perfect ratio sandwich do you know what i mean like the, the, you know, literally you know like the, the, like the perfect amount of pretzel the perfect amount of cheese like it's, and I, and I, but i will be that really annoying person that's talking about that all day and won't shut up about the incredible pretzel sandwich like I'm that I'm that annoying person so finding a parking space in this place that you never find a parking space yeah 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 exactly and like like the other the other pockets in dresses oh yeah pockets (laughs) yes please pockets it's like the other day my my nieces uh which are two two of the things that bring me huge joy they they taught it sounds so ridiculous to say this to someone that's nearly 40 but they taught me about painting my nails which I'd never even I've really yeah okay good not just me I don't I don't bother with nails yeah okay no no, no, um, no, I, no right. clue okay I mean, me neither I had like I had no idea what they were doing and they were like oh we want to paint your nails bub they call me bub bub they like, I want to paint your nails bub bub and I was like why would anybody do that what an odd thing and then but yeah <laughs> but they did and then I've just loved it ever since and now I do it all the time and every time I, I'm not wearing them today but every time I look down I'm like look at my nails so like oh, I, yeah. yeah so like I say like very small things can turn me into a very annoying happy person that won't shut up about it like yeah but but then that's that's set against the backdrop of deep foundations and I think having mm. both of those yeah having that both of those things and then also like i think i said earlier having deliberately engaging in hard stuff for me is just really good for my brain and my instincts sort of probably go against that a bit but i have to remind myself that it will make you feel really good even if you're not good at it like doing a hard thing (laughs) just helps it makes it's good for you (laughs) just makes it makes your brain fit it makes your brain fizz doesn't it like yeah 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 yeah. So how do you maintain positive mental health and well-being then? We, we talked a little earlier on about, yeah. you know, you have to experience the sadness, the, yeah. the grumpiness. Um, but how do you maintain your, your well-being? You know, you, you spoke there about the five ways to well-being. Is that something that you sort of tend to focus on then? I think if I the only time I focus on it is when I feel like something's a bit amiss and then I go back to it Mm. and go oh right you haven't been active enough recently out you pop go for a run come on silly silly person um but I think also yeah I think of that list I think probably connecting is the biggest I think for me it's really 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 crucial um Mm. to 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 be to be to have like meaningful connections with people and I don't necessarily mean they have to be long term or you know with someone you know really well like this is an amazing connection and we've never even met face to face but i, I know but you know we'll have to do we'll have to rectify that absolutely, and go for coffee i would love definitely that. yeah i would love but, but I, you know that's that's in the pot now isn't it like that's a yeah. amazing connection that's happened today and so i think things like that are really 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 important yeah yeah 
doing this podcast over the last couple of years as well because there's there's a there's a little group of us who kind of do the intro and the outros and you know we, we do the interviews and just coming together every week or every two weeks to do the the recordings did wonders for our mental health during during the pandemic and as you say that that connecting even though it was just digital on a screen um just yeah that being together at a time where you know everyone was you know forced apart it, it was it was great just being able to do that from a from a purely selfish point of view you know we've created a, a great podcast over the last couple of years and um if i may say so myself you have you um have. <laughs> you know but just but i was just sort of thinking back the other day you know we're on to episode 70 something and somebody sort of said oh you know could you pick a couple of episodes and I'm like no <laughs> yeah. I can't because when you kind of look back through the li- I mean, and we've just scratched the surface with the people that we've met on on this project and just yeah. all those different connections as you say every single one of them has brought something different to to the theme of, of the podcast yeah. in terms of what where people find happiness and, and what it means to them and yeah. so I couldn't just pick I haven't got a favorite <laughs> absolutely not they're, they're, they've all been absolutely brilliant and I genuinely genuinely mean that oh, uh, yeah so I, I agree yeah connecting's really yeah really really important whether it's digital on a screen or yeah face to face with a coffee yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> We're kind of coming to the end of the interview now, I think, Bridie. Just a couple more questions to kind of finish on. And we kind of ask everyone this question in terms of what what advice would you give to people who perhaps want to get into the field that you're in? Uh, What what would be your pearls of wisdom that you would want to share with somebody about wanting to get into music production, co-producing with communities, teaching? What would be your, your hints and tips? Hmm... Hmm. <laughs> I think there's a few. I think not being afraid to be. Uh, I believe. I believe the phrase is a multi-hyphenate. Not being afraid to do lots of different bits of things that will that will sort of piece together and make a bit of a quilt of a patchwork of your career. And I think there has historically been a little bit of that's been a little bit frowned on I think if you're you know you should you should be excellent at one thing but I don't I'm not even I think that's very hard to do financially to kind of own it, it is now yeah, yeah I think definitely. now now it is and and actually I from my experience doing lots of things informs all the other things anyway and it actually helps mm. it really helps to to do lots of different things so I think not being afraid of that and and trying various different things within 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 the career that you're interested in and you know I think I've got huge hugely positive things to say about that I think creating a network around yourself is really really important one for one thing it's just really inspiring seeing what other people are doing and asking them how they did it is just what an amazing resource um we're lucky because it's very easy to do that in this part of the world because people are just constantly going oh just come along oh brilliant yes yeah yeah it is you know we talked we talked at the top as well didn't we about collaboration and um kelly coates who we interviewed a little while ago who works for projects for change and i think one of her tips was yes surround yourself with good people so a a similar points yeah get a good network get a really good network collaborate find out what other people are doing find out if it's all right for you to get involved if you can join in and i think that nearly always then leads to work because if people if you get on with people and you have a kind of likeness of mind then you know they will probably think of you and you'll get involved in things 
I think the other thing, and I, this is a bit of a funny one, but I think I do sort of think taking quite big swings is quite a good thing. So, you know, I would say even if you think, oh, I'm not entirely sure I'm experienced enough to apply for that commission, just do, just do. Because I think often I've found, often if I haven't, even when I haven't got something that I've applied for or funding or a big commission or whatever, often I will be remembered and that, that I'll get something else down the later down the line and or, or I'll have learnt a lot just through the process of putting in that funding bid. And, and if you've got a slightly mad idea... I would just say go for it because you know you will you will pick up so many skills through the process of doing it and people will be really interested to hear what you did and how you did it and so I, I would say that I think really probably those three things don't be afraid to be a bit of a multi-hyphenate and do lots of different bits and bobs until you figure it out create a network around yourself and yeah take big jumps and see how it goes I know it's easier said I think than done, they are but... <laughs> oh, absolutely but they are three great pieces of advice yeah <laughs> perfect thank you and I yeah great stuff how can people find out more about what you've been up to have you got a, a website are you on social media how can people find out more about you so i'm probably the most active and about the place on instagram so that's probably the place to go it's, i think it's bridie jackson arts bridie jackson arts a-r-t-s at instagram at, at in, is that even a thing at instagram or is it instagram give, give that a go listeners yeah. it might work <laughs> to be fair there's not that many there's not that many other bridie jacksons on no instagram. i think you're safe yeah it's like me and like a, a crystal healer from ohio and that's like there's just like the two of us so follow both of them why not <laughs> exactly and, she, and she, she's a delight so yeah <laughs> um yeah that's the place to go yeah. and also so instagram somewhere yeah bridie jackson on instagram and also I, I am on youtube as well and i put lots of little clips of my pieces and things on that and that's just i'm searchable just as bridie jackson on youtube so you can hear my stuff there and it's well worth listening to oh, i can vouch for that <laughs> well thank you so much bridie for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure talking oh, to you about uh, all of the work you're doing and happiness and what that means so Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. And I look forward to that in the flesh coffee. That's going to yeah. be lovely. <laughs> and cake. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. Yes. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Bridie. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> so that was Bridie. What did people think? Well, she had me at bees. Um, bees. I love yes. bees. we know you love bees yes these are great yes Um, but that that whole thing about telling the bees you know beekeepers relating the news news to yeah uh to their hives it's just kind of the most beautiful poetic thing i I think i ever came across it's just lovely but there's loads of stuff that you were talking about that 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 really that really struck me um i loved it when you were talking both of you about how sometimes people don't know how fascinating they are Mm-hmm. So the, the the stories that we've all got stories inside of us, and sometimes you just kind of say, "Well, that person over there has got much more interesting stories. You should go and talk to them." And actually, no, you know, you've you've got something inside you, and you know, somebody will be interested in it. So, so I really like that. The other thing was that that really kind of stood out was something that surprised me when she was talking about um, technology and empathy, because I remember the great big promise of 
social media was that this was going to be something that created connections and brought us all closer together yes. you know it was going to help us to build empathy across all sorts of divides and sadly it just kind of feels that well that didn't happen um mm-hmm. yeah it probably does from time to time but it also feels like it's a big old barrier um so i thought that was a very very good bit of wisdom from from her and a good thing to think about um yeah. at the moment yeah. you know getting yeah. out and actually kind of meeting people and listening to them tell their tell their proper stories or you know being part of a choir and just sharing those experiences are you know probably much more important and better way of building empathy than um the most yeah. most of the stuff we can do online yeah thanks chris what about you kath another lovely interview and a couple of things stood out for me we've we've met so many people who are good at so many things at the same time <laughs> yeah uh, is it portfolio or but how talented is someone whose whole life is made up of those pieces of skills and talents really it, mm. it was, and one of the phrases that she used was docu-songs. <laughs> yeah. And I, was, I thought that's such imagine, so imaginative and empathetic, I think, to, to, to do that. So, so that, that really struck home about, about a whole life was, was based around making people feel better about themselves, really. Or, or to go back to Chris's point, uncover something mm. that, that you might have discarded in your own in your own character or not realised was there. She made me laugh right at the beginning when she was talking about the, the blossom because that mm. got me off on my on my gardening <laughs> track. <laughs> what it might, somehow. Is, is, it, is it a thing? Is, is it a cherry tree or is it not? <laughs> I think, well, it's highly likely, yes, it is a cherry tree, but, but it may be something else. Um, but then she, and she was talking about the fat pigeons <laughs> and... <laughs> And there's a there's a colony of fat pigeons in in my garden at the moment. <laughs> so as I was listening, I, I had this mental picture of of blossom and fat pigeons, which made me laugh right from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And yeah. I really enjoyed listening to. You. Yes, I, I really, I really enjoyed talking to Bridie and we have made a coffee date. So we are Yay. catching up and uh, meeting in person, which is always, which is always good. I thought her advice at the end was really great advice. Again, sort of surrounding yourself with, with, with good people and um, not being a bit like what you've just said, Kath, about, you know, having multiple skills and, and trying different things, you know, not worrying about having multiple jobs and, and mm. trying different things. You know, nobody these days really does one job for life. You know, don't don't worry. I can't remember what the phrase was that she, she used, but it was a really interesting phrase about, yeah, don't don't be worried about trying different things. And then I think the last advice was, yeah, just just go for it. You know, if you're worried about, you know, applying for funding or going for a job, just just go for it. There's, you've got nothing to lose. You never know what might what might happen as a result of that. Yeah. So yeah. I thought her advice at the end was was great. So uh, yeah, again, yeah. loads of stuff. Be courageous, absolutely, Chris. Great, great way to sum that up. Well, thank you both very much for your comments, and thank you, Bridie, for that interview. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidetohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. 
So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guides to Happiness. Take care and see you all again soon for another episode. Mm-hmm.